Man, that was another tough start for Josiah Gray, and that's not just his first. That's his last few. Are we starting to get just a little bit concerned about Josiah Gray? I'll answer that after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. If you know, if you are in every day or out there, you know where to find me at Ryan Clary 11 over on Twitter or X or whatever the heck it's called nowadays. And as well, follow the show page at LO underscore Nationals. Get all your latest news and notes about your favorite team out there. Later on in today's program, we will be discussing Mackenzie Gore making his start. And as we know, Mackenzie Gore has struggled as well. You're going up against a good offensive team with the Boston Red Sox. He's also going against a pretty damn good pitcher today. We'll discuss that and preview that game a little bit later on. But also, second segment of today's show, Dominic Smith, someone who I've raved about all season about his defense. And really, it's shown night in in night out. What Dominic Smith has done on the defensive side of things has been great, but we all know the offense is questionable. Let's talk about his season, and let's also kind of take a little dip into his future here in Washington, D.C. Is he for the long run here? We'll discuss that. But let's start off with last night's game as a whole, and specifically Josiah Gray. As we know, Josiah Gray, over his last few starts in August, in strictly August, he had his first start of this month, on August 1st against the Milwaukee Brewers. In that game, he didn't even make it through four innings. He went three and two-thirds, giving up four hits, five earned runs, three walks, and only struck out three. His ERA camped at a 3-5-4 ERA after that start. And then in his second start of this month, he went against Philly. Philly is a great offensive team yet again. Didn't make it through five innings in that contest as well. Going four and two-thirds, giving up six hits, four earned runs, gave up a home run, walked two, and only struck out five. His ERA then ballooned up to a 3.69. After last night's start, Josiah Gray now sits at a 3.96 ERA. Now, Josiah Gray is our all-star. He is. He's always been our all-star. And hopefully he continues to be our all-star moving forward. But I also think people just kind of need to take a step back on this. I'm not concerned about Josiah Gray. Now, while, yes, last night it was not good. And in fact, it was probably the worst start of his last three, in which all haven't been good starts. He hasn't made it through five innings in those periods as well. What has been going on with Josiah? What have I noticed? Maybe what have you noticed? You may think to yourself, well, has the home run ball bitten him a little bit? Last night, he gave up the home run in the start. Before that, he gave up the home run. That's not really out of the ordinary with Josiah. We do know that this guy is still a young pitcher. He's still an up-and-coming guy. He's still a prospect in my mind, meaning he's not a finished product. Josiah hasn't really had that home run issue. But the other issue that has kind of lingered around, 
something that hasn't really taken a huge step up is his command. We've seen over the course of the last few games, Josiah Gray hasn't really been able to get batters out in early counts, meaning he's not getting ahead. He's starting a lot of at-bats in 1-0 and 2-0 counts. That's something that I think we've all kind of noticed with Josiah over the course of this season. And now you may ask, well, what's the fix? What is the fix? And really, what is the meaning in it? Well, one, he's putting a target on his back already by just starting the count off with a ball. Whatever it may be, his just his Josiah Gray command that we've all kind of known, that we've all kind of seen take that step up from last year after leading the National League in walks given up, Josiah's command has been better. But you're starting to see it fall off just a little bit. And that's not really concerning on my end. Because if you look at all the great pitchers in all of baseball, now if you're talking about prime Clayton Kershaw, get that out of the equation. I'm not talking about that. But your upper echelon pitchers, someone who is considered your ace of the staff. And if you look at those three starts against good teams, against playoff caliber teams like the Brewers and the Phillies and the Red Sox, I'm not all too concerned about this. And in fact, it's just kind of one of those things where baseball season is long. When you start 30 plus games a year, it's going to take a toll on you eventually. Now, while he may not be hurt, which I don't think he is hurt. I don't think he is at all. I don't think there's any reason to think that he is hurt. But I think it could be a little bit of arm fatigue, maybe. It could be something along those lines, just because of the simple fact we're in mid-August right now. Josiah Gray, he hasn't missed a start in who knows how long at this moment. Josiah Gray, one thing that you can say about him, he has not been hurt by any stretch of the imagination as far as nationals go. He doesn't have a history with getting hurt. He doesn't have a history of getting fatigued arm or whatever it may be. He doesn't have that history with him. But looking at this and just kind of what he hasn't done compared to what he did throughout the rest of the season from April all the way through July, I just think that's simple as this. He's getting himself in bad situations by not throwing first pitch strikes. We saw him get out a lot of batters through April through July in just four pitches. Over the last few starts, it just hasn't been that way. So yeah, I'm not all that concerned when it comes to Josiah Gray. I'm really not. I don't think anyone really should be as far as Gray goes because this guy is still that all-star caliber pitcher. He's still pitching at that level. It's just a few tweaks that have to be made maybe you miss a start maybe you skip him just one start and see what happens it worked for Jake Irvin as he's been really good lately it's worked for Mackenzie Gore now while at times it may not seem that way but he's still been pitching well he's still been going out there and giving you competitive ball games that's kind of the hope when it comes to the rest of the season with this national team stay competitive Stay competitive, stay in the moment, and I think that's when you'll start to see some more and better results from this team. Because as we've seen over the last few weeks, this Nationals bullpen, who just got back Hunter Harvey in last night's game, is looking pretty good. Because Hunter Harvey, in last night, as Kyle Finnegan has established himself as the closer for the Nationals, Hunter Harvey came in, and in one innings of work, he struck out a batter, and didn't allow a hit, and didn't walk a single soul out there so getting Hunter Harvey back back in the equation as well for this national team in which this bullpen has taken a huge step 
up recently. Because you see Jordan Weems, what he did last night again, going an inning, gave up a hit, struck out two. Jose Frere came in. He has his ERA down to a 3-5-7. Then as well as Andres Machado, as well as Garcia. But not just that that stuck out to me in yesterday's ballgame. Now, while the Nationals, they did not get the win, let's talk about the umpire real quick. Let's talk about Bruce Dreckman, the home plate umpire of last night's ballgame. Now, while I'm not going to complain because this call went our way, it went our way by far, but Bruce Dreckman had the furthest outside call that was called that should have been called a ball that was then called a strike on the season meaning it was almost a foot and a half off the plate the worst call of the season came in the Nationals favor in a 3-2 count last night with two outs Garcia on the bump and going up against Justin Turner who has just killed us over the years against the with the Dodgers but now we actually got that call and it got us out of that fourth inning. That was incredible. I mean, oh my God. Bruce Dreckman, I mean, it went for us. But to have that ball, literally Kiber Ruiz had to reach across his body to catch that ball in the first place. Justin Turner was already walking to first base, and he rung him up. Incredible. Everyone was stunned. I believe Bob Carpenter on the program said, that was awful. And it certainly was just awful umpiring last night. And there was plenty of other calls that you can nitpick from. Kiber Ruiz had one on him when he was up at the batter's box. Awful call that was called a strike. Really bad umpiring all around. Just a bad day for people like me who say, I don't want the automated strike zone. That was bad. The worst call on the season happened in last last night's contest. And that was from codify baseball who you should follow on twitter as well you guys can catch the nationals play the red Sox tonight at 705 eastern time as mckenzie gore he's going to try to redeem himself after getting rocked around as well as of recent but catch every pitch of the nationals hometown broadcast with sirius xm on the sxm app just search nationals there before we keep on going with this show i do want to talk about dominic smith and his future with the Washington Nationals, because as we've all said, last year in 2022, this Nationals defense was awful. And in particular, the infield defense was one of the worst in all of baseball. You had Michael Franco over on third base, botching balls left and right. Luis Garcia, shortstop, it was not his thing. Second base, Cesar Hernandez, and whoever else may be playing second base in that day as well. Awful. First base, Josh Bell, and then Joey Manessis. Not good defense. But this year with Dominic Smith, he's kind of helped mold this infield and really take advantage of a young pitching staff and as well as a young infielding defense. But we've seen this turnaround, and I think it's a lot to do with Dominic Smith, but that's not today's topic. Let's talk about his future here in Washington, D.C., because I think it's going to be a conversation to be had in this offseason. Will they spend on someone? Will they keep Dominic Smith? We'll discuss that. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about our new friends over at 
Bunches. And okay, Locked On Nats fans, I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. Click the link in the show notes slash description to join the app or go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other Locked On Sports fans. Bunches is the place where sports fans chat, and Locked On MLB group chat is on Bunches. Go there now and connect with other baseball fans, chat your favorite team, and keep up with the latest MLB news. Have any questions or comments today about today's episode? Chat about it in the Locked On MLB bunch on Bunches. Chat about your team every single day, which is the motto at the Locked On Podcast Network. So Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description slash show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. Now let's get into the topic of Dominic Smith, because this has been something I've been chewing on for quite some time, because I've kind of balanced the idea that I... I'm an offensive guy. I like offense. I want to see guys who hit for power. I want you to get on base. I then want you to steal a base. I want offense. I want movement. I want to see high slugging numbers. I want to see high on base numbers. And I like to see you walk a little bit more than the average typical MLB hitter. Dominic Smith has kind of been the exception for me this year. Because if you look at his numbers right here, right now, Dominic Smith, is not that great of a hitter. And in fact, he's an above or a below average hitter. Right now, he's batting 268 with a 350 slug, a 690 OPS on the season over at first base. His OPS plus sits at a 95, five points lower than the MLB average there. Dominic Smith on the offensive side of things has still struggled. Now, it's better than his 62 OPS plus in 2022 with the Mets. It's better than his 83 OPS plus in 2021 with the Mets. But it's not as good as 2019, where he had a 132, and 2020 he had a 168, finished 13th in MVP voting in that year. Dominic Smith has still had a value to this team. Because of the young defense and the young pitching staff, I've kind of given him the benefit of the doubt, saying... I'm fine with what he's done at the plate if he's going to continue to play good defense. Because right now, his defense has been some of the better defense as far as first baseman goes in the National League. He's top five amongst qualified first basemen in defensive run saves. He has three defensive runs saved on the 2023 season. Now, Dominic Smith as a whole, it's top five. I believe it's number five in the National League. It's nothing crazy. But you're in the top 33% as far as first basemen go. That's good. That's something that you can hang your hat on going forward. But even then, besides all the numbers and stuff, you can just see it's a smoother operation over at first base. And his defense has played a big role in helping this team and this young defense take that next step. Because earlier in this season, you had a 22-year-old C.J. Abrams, who's still 22, and you had Luis Garcia, who was 22 turning 23 over at second base. Those are two young, immature players, meaning they just haven't developed. They just haven't really taken that huge step up in the defensive side of things when talking about them earlier 
this season. Dominic Smith has kind of helped his way with that. I don't know what it's been in particular, but if you see all the throws that C.J. Abrams has had over the year, that he's throwing a lot of one-hoppers over to first base. But all of that is kind of erased when you have Dominic Smith over there who just eats it all up. Considering last year in the second half, now while Joey Manessis and Luke Voigt were kind of in that first base role, kind of pivoting, going back and forth, you saw that really bad defense. You saw the, the immature plays a little bit more often than what you saw this year. And I think that has to do with Dominic Smith and really Jamar Candelario and what he did over at third base as well this season. This defense has taken that step up. But also, on the other hand, the offense has it. And that is because of Dominic Smith. So the real big question here, what the point that I want to get to, is his defense valuable enough to continue this kind of role at first base where you can just stick him there and hope to God that he'll be okay? And at this moment in time, it just isn't for me. Because you can find guys who are just average defensively, who can also have an above average to hit tool. But you can also find someone who may be just above average defensively or offensively and may just be average defensively, whatever it may be. That's the kind of role that I'd like to see over at first base because the slugging production in the National League at first base, you need someone who's going to drive in guys. It's just the prototypical old school thought of your first baseman. You need someone who's going to be there every single day who has the chance to go with the long ball. Because this season, Dominic Smith only has five home runs in 452 at-bats, 406 at-bats rather. In 2020 alone, Dominic Smith had 10 home runs. In 2021, he had 11 home runs. This year, the power is just simply not there. And that's what we saw last year. That's why the Mets moved off of Dominic Smith. That's why they didn't re-sign him. It's simple fact that he just hasn't produced the way that he used to back in 2019 and 2020 because Dominic Smith was a first-round pick out of high school. And I talked about this a lot earlier on in this season. It's rare to have a first baseman drafted out of high school specifically to play first base. Now, while he had the power there, he had the slugging, he had a ton of potential over there. It's still rare, nonetheless. You don't really see that too often. So Dominic Smith is certainly special defensively. But I think the void that he has offensively is just way too big for this Nationals team to fill. Because you can find someone in the offseason, Reese Hoskins, Philadelphia Phillies. He's a free agent after this season. He's recovering from a torn ACL. But still, Hoskins hits home runs. And while his defense may not be immaculate, his offensive production over the years certainly has been. It's been better than what the Nationals have been given over the last year. Josh Bell was awesome in the beginning of or the second half of 2021 and the first half of 2022. Really good offensively. But even then before that, you had an older Ryan Zimmerman who was fine. It was Zim, Mr. National, but he was still older. You weren't getting the production over there. And so now fast forwarding it to the future of this team, where does Dominic Smith fit? In my opinion, you just can't have this guy continue this lackluster production in a below average MLB scale as far as hitters go. Because I need to see 
a little bit more. I can't be going five home runs and only 31 RBIs in 452 plate appearances. I just can't do that when you're a first baseman. While, yes, the defense has been really good. That's just not the role that I want to see Dominic Smith play. That's not the role and the really the direction that I want to see the Nationals go when it comes to Dominic Smith. I love the guy. I love what he's done defensively. But at the end of the day, my roots come from offense. I want to see slugging. I want to see big offensive production from my first baseman. I can have lackluster production over at second base if you're going to be good at second. But even then, I want to see a higher average than that if you're at second. But at first base, I just view it differently. I want to see a power bat. I want to see someone who has that long ball effect who could kind of add some more offensive production. Because as we see across the board, look what the Braves have done with Matt Olson. Now, Matt Olson doesn't grow on trees, but you can certainly make some moves, whether it be trades in the offseason, whether it be signing Reese Hoskins or C.J. Crone from the Los Angeles Angels, whatever it may be. Those are two guys who are free agents who have massive power potential, big time. The Nationals just have to be aggressive and jump on this effect because I think the Nationals aren't that far away from contention when you really look at it. They got a lot of talent. You still have Cade Cavalli, who should be in the majors again by next year. In fact, could be probably on the opening day roster. We'll just have to see what happens. But furthermore, I just need to see more production when it comes to Dominic Smith. And if he finishes the next month and a half hot, great. Sign him to a deal. Nothing crazy. Another one-year deal and see what happens with them. It's going to be a tricky situation, but at this moment in time, I would like to see the Nationals go the free agency route when it comes to filling that first base position. The Nationals play the Red Sox tonight at 7.05 Eastern time as Mackenzie Gore is going to try to bounce back against those Boston Red Sox. Catch every pitch of the Nationals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And before we get into previewing tonight's game real quick, let me tell you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money comes back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And now we get back into it as we're going to quickly preview tonight's ball game as Mackenzie Gore gets set to take on this Boston Red Sox team. And as well, it's a lefty-on-lefty matchup as the Nationals get ready to face James Paxton. Let's start with James Paxton first. On this season, mid-30-year-old has had a very good season for the Boston Red Sox, missing all of last year, coming back this year, and has looked really strong. Through 80 innings pitch, he struck out 90 batters. He has a 1-1-5 whip and a 3-3-6 ERA 
in 15 starts. He's been one of the Red Sox best pitchers, if not the best pitcher on the staff this year, as Chris Sale has been off and on the IL. And really, this Boston Red Sox staff just hasn't been all that good this year. You saw Nick Pavetta last night, former Nationals draft pick. He was fine, but even then, not that great. So James Paxson tonight is going to cause a lot of issues for this Nationals team. I look at guys like, again, C.J. Abrams, a lefty going against a very good left-handed pitcher who has some nice junk pitches. That's going to be a tough matchup for some of our left-handed hitters like Dominic Smith. On the other hand, we all know who hits righties very well, Mr. Lane Thomas. Now, while Paxton doesn't really have the knack for a home run ball given up this season, I would still look for Lane Thomas. And if you're betting with our friends over at FanDuel, I'm probably going to splash a little cash on Lane Thomas hitting a home run. He's kind of not falling off a cliff as far as production goes, but he's eased up his production over the last month or so. I think Lane Thomas, this is a favorable matchup going in tonight for him. But beyond that point, let's talk about Mackenzie Gore because we know the struggles with Gore. Alongside with Gray, he has been struggling recently. He's given up eight home runs over his last four starts, I believe. That's not good. So going up against Justin Turner, Tristan Casas, and all these Rafael Devers, these are legit power bats who could take advantage of a young pitcher like Mackenzie Gore. One thing I got to see from him, he's got to locate his curveball tonight. We've seen his fastball at times be a little bit spotty as well with the command, but I want to see that curveball in effect because I truly do believe his curveball is probably his best pitch outside of his fastball. You got to get swings and misses with that. That's your bread and butter, and that's what has gotten you to the major league. So as far as Mackenzie Gore goes, He's just got to stay on track, and hopefully the Nationals can get a win because you guys can catch the Nationals play the Red Sox tonight at 7.05 Eastern time. Catch every pitch of the Nationals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. It'll be a good game, hopefully, tonight. Drop in game one of the series, and then tomorrow, a 4.05 start. It's going to be an interesting game. We'll just see what this Nationals team does because, as we know, there's a difference. Either get the Washington Nationals or you get the Scrappy Nets. We'll just have to see what the Boston Red Sox get tonight. I'll catch you on the flip side.